0: Welcome to the Lopes Insider Podcast, presented by Commonwealth Insurance, the way insurance should be, giving you an exclusive look into Grand Canyon University athletics with news, special guests, memorable flashbacks, and more. It's the Lopes Insider
1: Podcast. On this episode, Barry Butel catches up with Lopes basketball great Josh Braun, who continues to succeed in his pro career with a move from Australia to Germany. And we talk to Ann Pearson, GCU's longest tenured head coach with 17 seasons at the helm of Lopes softball. Those conversations and more are ahead on Episode 6 of the Lopes Insider Podcast. You can always grab the latest episodes of the Lopes Insider Podcast on your favorite platform or on gculopes.com slash podcasts.
0: Alongside Paul Coro, I'm Barry Butel. We'd like to welcome you to episode number six, can you believe it, of the Lopes Insider Podcast. Paul, how are you doing?
2: Very well. Uh, Blessed to be moving right along in this time and uh, hoping everybody out there is staying healthy and careful.
0: Amen, amen. As uh, we turn the calendar to June, GCU Athletics prepping for the 2021 season. The department, uh, wow, they're taking extensive precautions on all fronts, aren't they?
2: Yeah, it's been a lot of... uh, talks and planning going into making sure our student athletes and coaches and everyone's safe. This has been an unusually long gap between competition for everyone in sports, but now we're starting to see pro organizations move toward playing games again. So we're hopeful for college action to resume not long after classes start in August.
0: Yeah, normalcy. I'd love to see it. Uh, For now, the summer GCU news cycle is continuing. Let's see what we have in news and notes. Kudos to men's and women's tennis head coach, Dr. Greg Prudhomme, on yet another award, Paul.
2: Yeah, this time he won Southwest Pro of the Year. He's he's won quite a few things already. Uh, this was the first time for this award, but uh, yeah, Dr. Prudhomme, he's had quite the year. He received his doctoral in the past year, and he's won Coach of the Year honors in the WAC. He's, he's been named National College Coach of the Year, but uh, this one recognizes a lot of what he does beyond College coaching, uh being a pro at the Paseo Racket Center, uh his volunteer work, uh what he does with the GCU teams in the community. And we all know that uh Greg is just a, a quality human being uh who's the right person to lead our tennis players.
0: As always, you can stay up to date on the latest lopes news on GCU Lopes.com and the GCU Lopes app. All time for our weekly dose of Lopes trivia. Dave Brazel is a GCU legend for literally building a diamond in the desert when he started Lopes baseball 70 years ago, but he coached two other sports. What were they?
2: Well, in Dr. Brazel, we lost a wonderful man less than two years ago, and we dearly miss his presence. We're we're still blessed to see his wife Mildred regularly, but uh, his stamp is on GCU athletics. And like this question mentions,
0: it, it was beyond baseball. Indeed, we'll circle back at the end of this episode with that trivia answer. But now it's time to hear from our guests. Ann Pearson founded GCU Softball as its first head coach in 2004. She now sits 10 wins shy of 500 for her career, which has included two WAC Coach of the Year honors since the program joined Division One. She led the first GCU win in any sport over a top-ranked D1 opponent while creating a culture that put the Lopes first nationally in D1 softball for team GPA. Michael Potter chats about it all with Pearson on the Lopes Insider
1: Podcast. Hey coach, thanks for being a uh, guest on the uh, podcast this week.
3: Well, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. Kind of a weird end to the season. We talked to coach Stankwitz about it, kind of a weird deal, but um, how are you guys doing as a family, your kids, your husband, the team? How's everybody doing through this process with the season just being ended so quickly?
3: Well, I mean, talking about my family first, my family's doing great. Um, You know, We had more family dinners with our daughter home, you know, so the, the, the whole thing is terrible. It's tragic. And, and, um, and then just trying to find the silver lining was just time together. We had movie nights that we hadn't had and we hadn't had family dinners probably since freshman year in high school. So it's been great to have her home. My husband's retired. So this is just kind of everyday life for him, except now we're home. And, and, uh, you know, we've been, we've been working, we have two golden retriever puppies, um, who are 17 months old, but still puppies, very much so. And so we've been doing some training with um, a friend of ours, Chris Gridley. Um, He has a hunting dog named Deacon, and my babies love running (laughs) with Deacon. So they're learning manners and different skills and everything. So that's been fun. But yeah, I mean, I'm just working from home and you know, Jordan's busy doing school and working and playing and working out. And, and so, yeah, we're all doing fine. Everybody's healthy, thankfully. Yeah. Um, the team's doing great They're, you know, I, I miss seeing them and yeah, we, it was such an abrupt, um, abrupt stop stopping point to the, to the season. So that was, that was tough for everybody. I mean, um, but we've done a couple Zoom calls. My kids are are pretty independent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I text them. We talk. I know they talk all the time. We Like I said, we've had a couple of Zoom calls and we'll do some more in June. Just some softball related stuff, but just kind of check in stuff and we'll send goofy messages over group me and and, um, and they're all doing really well. Yeah. They're, some are in summer school, some are working. Thankfully, they're healthy. Their families are healthy. So, yeah, just miss them. Ready to get them yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This has got to be weird for you. Um, when's the last time you weren't playing sports in May and June. (laughs) I mean, can you even remember?
3: No. Um, (laughs) I laugh when people are like, Oh, spring break. Yeah, we'll get a spring break. And I'm like, (laughs) what is that? I think that might've been fifth or sixth grade for me, but, um, I don't know because always at GCU, when I was coaching at Arizona state, when I was playing at Arizona state, high school,
1: Yeah, this was the time, I don't think ever. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because, and I played multiple sports, so um, I would have been in high school in the middle of basketball season when all this hit, Um, obviously college right in the middle of season. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, uh, this has been the weirdest spring um, that I can remember. So
1: You mentioned growing up playing multiple sports. Uh, You know, we we grew up in a time where you did play multiple sports. Yes. A lot of kids still do, but Uh some kids focus, you know, now with the club sports and stuff. How important do you think it is to play multiple sports when you're young?
3: Well for me um I really like it. I've had I've had some great athletes that have come through here. The Smith twins recently graduated; sure, um, yeah. they were phenomenal soccer players in, in the state as well. And we had the Holtorf sisters here before um, Tana and Kara Holtorf, uh, both married now, but they were recruited to play soccer as well. Um, we I have Taylor Olson on the team; she played basketball. Um, my daughter was a badminton and volleyball player. We've had kids play volleyball, and again, more soccer, more basketball. So. I like it because it gives their bodies a break from the softball skill set, gives their mind a break, and and hopefully they're going to miss it. You know, it's like, okay, well, softball season's done now. Now I want to continue on and do this. Um, I hope that they have coaches in high school and and also in their travel ball system that that allow that. Um, But I just, you know... Kara Holtorf, when she was here, she was a volleyball player. She was a diver, um, played soccer and played softball and her parents raised their kids that you guys are going to try everything. She was a competitive gymnast Mm. young and it, you know, it takes a beating on your body and then she got tall and, Mm. and that wasn't going to work so much. So, um, I, I love the multi-sport athlete and, and, you know, when kids commit or sign, I don't tell them, no, you can't play this sport anymore. And just tell them, Hey, be careful. I want them to have that opportunity. I think high school sports is, is a lot of fun. It's part of the experience, you know, just being involved in your school. So I, I really like the multi-sport athlete.
1: Well, you're, you're in the midst of a great coaching career. Now you had a great playing career. You played multiple sports. You said, uh, as, as a kid, when did you decide softball was it? Was it a love for softball? Was it you were better at that? How, how did that all occur?
3: Well, I was, I played volleyball and basketball in high school and um, I loved volleyball. I absolutely loved it. And so... I would say I was the, out of all the sports, my best sport was probably softball. Um, I had played it the longest and I played soccer as well, but I would say I, I was actually leaning towards volleyball mm. my senior year. And this was back before all the early recruiting too. So my senior year is when I decided to play softball. And, um, you know, there was only one signing period. Everybody signed in April. So I'd made that decision in the fall and, um, you know, I was recruited and, and I knew I wanted to stay home. Um, I wanted to be with my family and it just worked out. The timing was great. The shortstop at ASU was, um, graduating. She was a senior in college when I was a senior in high school. So the timing was perfect and it was right where I wanted to be.
1: How big was the difference, uh, you, you know, playing high level, obviously, uh, summers and in high school, and then jumping up and playing uh, at ASU?
3: Well, I had played in a summer league called the Copper State League, and I started playing in that when I was fourteen, and I played on an eighteen and under team. And travel mm-hmm. ball wasn't nearly what it is today. Right. Um, my my next year playing, going into my uh, into my junior year, so I was sixteen. I started playing on a women's major program, so they were in college and out of college and a lot of the ASU kids, Arizona kids and stuff. So I had actually played with a lot of, them um, before I got to college. And so, you know, they'd been my summer teammates or I knew them from playing against them. So it wasn't as intimidating to me to jump because we were playing, you know, we're going to the Canada cup and playing against, um, the national teams from Australia and China and Japan. And so I felt, I felt prepared, you know, um, The, the big jump was, I mean, there was only 40,000 students at ASU. I say only (laughs) 40,000 small, now yeah small, (laughs) small compared to what it is now. Um, that was the, I think the big difference for me was, you know, just hustling around, trying to get to class and then, you know, you're with your friends at practice. So, um, so it wasn't as daunting to me. And I think it's just because of what I had already been doing. Um, I felt prepared for it. So
1: I'm always amazed. I get to talk to a lot of the coaches here at GCU, Mm -hmm. all of them very, very had great playing careers typically they're all very competitive. Yes.
3: Were you born that way? I mean, you, I mean,
1: how did you develop that?
3: Yeah. It, well, and I have, I have an older brother and older sister. My, My sister's the musician, very talented. Um, my brother was the athlete, very talented and both of them are, um, crazy book smart. So they were so good in school. Um, I had to work at it, you know. School did not come naturally for me, so I think playing with my brother a lot—that was a big piece of it because you're playing with the boys and you got to hang in there, and they're all older than I am. I didn't like not being good at things. I can't stand losing. <laughs> um, and That's it a really, common thread too. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't really matter what it is. Um, right. So yeah, I can't remember ever because to me, competing is fun. You know, it's not just, oh, let's go out and have fun and see the outcome. For me, the competition side of it is fun, whether it's top golf or ping pong or softball or, you know, whatever it is, you know, monopoly. Do you think you're born with that? Do you think that's just a, uh,
1: it's hard to pull that out of people if they don't have it. Yeah,
3: I I think it, I think it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Monopoly, we're not allowed to, we we stopped playing that (laughs) because that was was the source of a lot of fights. That and ping pong, that's where we learned how to drywall for the first time. So That's usually not part of ping pong, but the way you guys play it. It was rough. Yeah, it was rough. So, yeah. Yeah. Do
1: you you look, I mean, there's a lot of things you look for when you recruit kids, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. Are there a top couple, two or three things you look for when you're recruiting a kid?
3: Yeah, I mean... You know, the athletes stand out, you know, you see somebody who is athletic and, you know, you're, you're just looking for that kid that just moves differently. I like the kid that's vocal and has presence, just naturally has a presence on the field. Um, character is huge for me, athletic or academics, their grades. I don't, you know, there's college is challenging and, and, you know, but I want to know that they're going to commit to that, you know, and you can kind of see that early on in their, in their career in high school and stuff. And so, um, those are the big things for me. I, I know we can, I know we can win with character kids, you know, and, and, and again, but they got to be able to play the game. They, they have, I want strong, I want a balance of strength and power. Um, like our pitching staff is so um, diverse with, you know, speed and movement and better pitches. I throw this, you throw this, you know, whatever. So, um, so I like that too.
1: You know, um, a lot of times when you're such a good player and athlete yourself, it can be kind of hard to move into the coaching role uh, a lot of times. I mean, it can be an advantage, but it can sometimes be a disadvantage in some ways. How have you feel like, I mean, you've been at this a while. You started the yeah. program at GCU. How have you grown over the over the years uh, in, into the coaching aspect of it?
3: Well, I was fortunate because um, I started coaching when I was 24 and Linda Wells was the head coach at ASU and brought me over there because, you know, the big thing was she knew I could recruit because I, I believed in, in my program that I was the alumni uh, the alum too. So, and she said, I'll just teach you the rest. And she did, she gave me the amount of experience, you know, it was just more like, here's the deep end jump in and, and we'll just figure it out as we go. Yeah. And, and I, I learned better that way of just kind of trying to figure it out. So wh- you know, when I look back to where I was then and, and where I am now, I mean, it's, it, People that know me now, <laughs> they would laugh at this, but I'm a lot more patient now than I was then. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, but I, it's still, I still have the expectations. I want, I want kids to respect the opportunity they have at this university um, to play in this program. We have so many amazing alumna, alumni that have come through the program, and and just really set the stage for these opportunities these kids have now. Um, I want them to respect the game, you know, the game will pay them back, you know, just you commit to it and give it everything you have, you know, so I, and you know, I, I'm told I'm old school and, and I take that as a compliment, you know, it's, for me, when I first started coaching, it was, it was all about winning, Mm. you know, I was still playing at the time. So it was all about winning. And that's, that's how I was coached was everything you got, but win the game. And now, yes, I, I'm, we're going to win but I'm, I think I see the relationships more too, um, with the kids. When I, when I talk to my alumni, when we go to breakfast or lunch, you know, I see a lot of them multi times a year. Um, and they, uh, they'll come and they do breakfast with the kids. So they get to meet the team and talk to them about being at GCU and how important the university is to them. And, and I love having, having that relationship with them, getting their wedding announcements, getting their birthing announcements and things like that. So, so that, I mean, that is definitely really important to me. I would say my life is more balanced now, you know, with my family. Yeah. I mean, I, I can look back at it and it's been a, there's a lot of, a lot of things that have changed. I've been at this, I think 26 or 27 years. So Yeah
1: yeah it's interesting. It's such a balancing act. There's mm-hmm. so much that goes into being a being being a coach i I will say i mean I sometimes you have to almost apologize for it these days. Winning is a lot more fun than losing. it just oh, is oh yes
3: absolutely <laughs> no matter what you're doing <laughs> yes yes i agree i I agree and um yeah, you can you can come out of you can come out playing badly, but if you won that takes the sting out of wow, we didn't play very well, but we pulled it out. Yeah, I can't stand losing. I yeah, can't stand I, that's it. It's
1: very interesting. That's a, that's such a common thread among high level performers. And we're talking about athletics now, but sure. in any field business yes. and teaching and nursing and hating to lose is, I think, a pretty important aspect and a characteristic to have.
3: I do as well. And I I think that's why people like to hire student athletes, because they know they know how to compete. They know how to win. um, They know how to work in a team. They know how to prioritize, you know, we talk to our kids about this all the time, you know, um, when they're building their resumes and we're trying to, trying to help them get into the next phase of their life and just understanding how important it is to represent your sport, your university, um, as you head into the next phase. And, and, um, and that's, you know, when we talk about, talk about And like I said, I was telling you earlier, we, I get people that call me all the time and say, how many kids you have graduating, who do you have? Mm -hmm. And they want to hire these kids. So. Um, so that's, that's a blessing too.
1: I can't remember if it was Bobby Bowden or I mean, I'm sure tons of coaches have said it. Somebody asked him afterwards after a loss and said, Hey coach, what'd you learn from this loss? And he said, Oh, I'd much rather learn from a win.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, it also, yeah, it just, it just taught me again that I don't like losing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, look, what, what's the future hold
1: for you? I mean, I mean, as you, as you look forward in, in, into your career, I mean, where, where do you want to, you want to keep doing this as long as you can? I mean, what is your thought yeah. process with that?
3: Well, I mean, I love it. It's it's a great, yeah. it's a great job. It's a great career. Um, I love being at GCU there, there isn't another place I'd rather be. So, um, just really fortunate to get to be here, um, for as long as I have. And yeah, I just, I love seeing the kids every day. I love the people I work with. We're so, you know, this is a tight athletic department and, and, um, we have strong leaders here and, you know, and president Mueller has just done just a, an amazing job with the university and and then through the pandemic and through all the crazy times that are going on right now. You know, I'm just looking around going gosh, he just we're just so strong here and this is his leadership um and his foundation. So, I I love coaching. This is where I want to be. I love my kids. Um I'm excited about the kids I have coming in this year. I look at our recruiting board and, you know, can't wait to get them too. So, Yeah. I don't, I don't see myself doing anything else. This is, this is what I love.
1: President Mueller doesn't, doesn't really care for losing either.
3: (laughs) No, no, he doesn't. In
1: business or in athletics or, or with his students, he wants them all to win.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that is a powerful example that we all get to see every single day.
1: All right. Last question. Yes. 17, 18 years ago, Dave Stapleton and JP are building the softball field. (laughs) Yes. Flash forward to now in wildest dreams, right? Never oh in your my wildest gosh, dreams. gosh.
3: No. It, um, cause I have those pictures. Um, <laughs> there it is. It, yeah, That's the, that's after our very first double header, my cousin climbed up on top of a shed and took that picture. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, Dave was out there with Roundup killing off the weeds in that field. And, um, you know, it's when, when I was sitting down talking to them about it, Um, I became obsolete in the conversation because the two of them had done so much of the building over at Brazel. Mm, And, um, so I became obsolete and they started talking about what they were going to do and how they could go about doing it. Um, you know, they had Bobby Cullum as a baseball alum and he came in and put the roofs on the, um, uh, on the dugouts because mm. that's his, it's yeah. his roofing company. And, you know, so many people had their hands in things, you know, Keith Baker coming out, hauling brick the first day to build the dugouts with our Mason. And, you know, Drack was out there, you know, the soccer team was out there, members of the baseball team. I mean, people just kept coming out. What can, you know, and they were giving me right. hours of, on hours. And, um, yeah. And so, so those were really good times. Um, my kids would stop practice to put a fence up, you know, uh, those were good times. And they were, those were the times when you really learn the lessons of how to do, I mean, they, you know, they laugh because they're like, Oh, if I didn't know how to do all that from being at GCU, I'm a high school coach. I couldn't take care of my own field. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that. Um, but I look at what the stadium is now oh. and, and it's, I mean, you know, I, I still, I was just out there today and, and, uh, just walking around and, and I still, I just kind of shake my head, you know? Um, It's beautiful. And we're so fortunate, you know, and, and, um, we appreciate it. The kids appreciate it. My staff appreciates it. The fans appreciate it. It's comfortable. They can spread out. Yeah, I, I do. I walk out there every day and I'm just kind of walking in and just looking around going, man, you know, and then when we talk about the light pole that's back there, I'm like, yeah, back this up about 120 feet. And that's where the other field was. And, and, um, you know, we had a table for the press box, right? you know, and we had to try and put an umbrella over the computer. So it didn't overheat. And, um, but you know, we made do, yeah. we made do. And and we built a lot of strong relationships across campus because of that. And now, you know, when I'm looking up and, you know, people are sitting in the aisles when we're playing Oklahoma opening weekend, when we open the stadium and, and, uh, you know, there's 1400 people there and it holds 1200. So yeah, it's just, uh, Yeah. I know it never gets old looking at it. I I like being, I'll go out in the outfield every now and again, just to look back towards the seating because I don't get that view a lot. Um, I like being in different areas to just kind of take it all in. And, and we have the best grounds crew around Santiago and Jorge and Gilberto do a, a tremendous job. They take such great care of us. Kevin Brady and his crew, Kevin Davidson has been over there. You know, we're just, People take really good care of us, and we appreciate that.
1: Well, Coach, we appreciate you, everything you've done for the program, and we're really excited to see you back on the field as soon as possible. Thanks for being a guest.
3: Thank you so much.
1: The Call of the Week, presented by Canyon State Credit Union, committed to you. The GCU men's soccer team opened the 2018 campaign by hosting number 12 Wisconsin. In front of a packed GCU stadium crowd of 6,648 fans, the Lopes got on the board less than 25 minutes in.
0: Here's an opportunity, busting it, back out in front, they score! Right off of that cue, Alex Radia.
1: A mere 90 seconds later, the Lopes extended the lead.
0: Kissy, Kissy, pushes it up, out bustles, Kissy, right side! goal!
1: The Badgers scored a late goal, but the Lopes held on.
0: Radia, and enough to knock off the visiting Wisconsin Badgers. Well, this is the way you want to do it. You knocked off a ranked opponent at
2: home for your season opener.
1: That was the Call of the Week presented by Canyon State Credit Union. Committed to you.
0: The federal tax filing deadline has been extended to July 15th, so you still have plenty of time to begin filing your taxes. Grand Canyon University wants to help you avoid the stress that filing taxes can bring. This year, GCU is partnering with Easy 1040 an online service that allows you to have your taxes filed by a licensed professional at the same price as filing on your own. Starting as low as $40, dollars Easy 1040 is one of the fastest, easiest, and most convenient ways to securely file a tax return online. Now, you can take advantage of an additional 20% off when you enter the promo code GCU20. Easy 1040 has you answer 10 questions about your taxes and does the rest for you. Visit EZ1040.com to start filing today.
1: Josh Braun won Mr. GCU in a student contest, but the title was appropriate for what he meant to Lopes Basketball. The program's first Division I recruit ranks second in scoring in the 71-year history of GCU hoops and set the record for career three-pointers. As a pro, he first took his sharpshooting skills to Australia and now fills it up for Bremerhoffen in Germany. Braun joins Barry Butel on the Lopes Insider Podcast.
0: Josh, it's so uh, great to catch up with you, uh, despite the uh, current circumstances that we find ourselves in. And I hope you and your wife and your extended families are all all doing well during these difficult times.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. and, And we're all doing well. So I appreciate that.
0: Uh, well, I know that uh, once you left GCU, and before we talk about, a little bit about your time at GCU, I want to keep up to date with where you're at right now. And I know your plans were to were to travel initially to, to Germany to play, and there were some issues. Uh, uh, and I know you checked in with Paul Coro. He talked about, you know, you had a, a mishap with some weights. Uh, kind of just railed that, that uh, journey to Germany, but it was a very fortuitous um, situation that that brought you to the uh, Western part of Australia and play there. Can you talk a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, You know, my wife and I got married, we were expecting to go out um, to Germany early on. And, um, you know, unfortunately had an injury and and had to to postpone that for a bit. But, uh, you know, later on, um, had an opportunity. Coach called and, and reached out in Western Australia. We were in Perth and uh, got to play with the, the Kalamunda Eastern Suns. And, and it was a great experience. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, my wife and I, we really enjoyed Western Australia, beautiful country. Um, the people there were great. The organization was great. Um, and just had a blast there, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've never seen a country like it just uh, with the beaches and the vineyards and and the orchards and just the area we lived, we had kangaroos um, hopping up around in our backyard. It was uh, it was a really cool experience.
0: No doubt about it. And a great. I was reading some of the stats. Thirty or more points, ten times. You you were uh, named the SBL Most Valuable Player. So uh, you had a, a blast. It sounds like off the court, but you excelled also on the court.
4: No, it was it was great, man. It was, um, you know, the coach, he he gave me the ultimate green light, which was a lot of fun. Um, I was the only import on the team for the first half of the year until, uh, you know, a kid by the name of Javion Blake. He came out for his rookie year and he was a lot of fun to play with. But, um, you know, they had me uh, had me playing a lot of a lot of minutes and he gave me the green light and, you know, had some teammates that found me good spots, man. And uh, You know, it was a lot of fun on the court, off the court, you know, all around Um, just Australia was a really, really great experience.
0: Now, did you uh, check in with guys like Jared Martin or Matt Jackson or Sam Daly about Australia? I know uh, they spent most of their time either in the southern Australia with Daly and Melbourne and Sydney, respectively, for Matt and Jared. So they didn't spend too much time out west. But did you check in before you traveled out?
4: Yeah, we actually sat down at Oregano's before I headed out and talked to them about it. <laughs> imagine. Yeah, we were, um, we were just sitting down having some golden wings, uh, one of my favorites. But uh, we we're sitting and, and just talking about, you know, just some of the state leagues. And I asked them some questions and what to expect. And, and they were helpful. They were so excited for me. And so I appreciated them for that. But uh, those are good guys and, and always going to remember good memories with them.
0: Now, uh, at most recent history, you did make your way to to Germany, um, and Ice Baron Bremerhaven. You played for them. I know that uh, the the coach that I know from reading some of the things, that the coach originally that you were going to travel to, uh, made his way over there, and and you finally got a chance to play for for that same coach there. And it sounded like the team was playing really well twenty and seven mark uh, when the pandemic ended the season, but. Can you talk about that experience traveling over to Germany?
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a great experience. We went straight from Australia over to Germany. We were hoping to get some time at home, um, a few weeks in between, but, um, we went straight over from Australia to Germany. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome that, uh, coach Michael May, he, uh, he was going to bring me on originally before I got hurt the first time I was planning on going to Germany and Mm -hmm. and he transferred and, and moved to a different team, um, you know, for the following season. And, uh, we stayed in touch and he reached out and said he wanted me to be a part of the roster and so so we traveled up to the northern part of germany uh we were there for about 9 months and uh we really enjoyed the experience there too i mean uh it was fun it was, you know european basketball was uh, a new experience for me um uh, being around um you know in europe was a new experience for my wife as well so it was a cool adventure for the both of us
0: What's basketball uh, like, you know, people hear about the the European leagues and um, can you kind of tell us a little bit about what the competition is like and the quality of play?
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, the quality of play is is really good, actually. Um, you know, so the team I was on, uh, you know, like you said, we had a good record. We were in second league Germany, um, you know, we're qualified. Mm-hmm. They do relegation uh, promotion over there. So, you know, top teams can move up. The top league bottom leagues can move you know bottom teams move down to the you know further down into the bottom leagues and um and so we came in second so i'm hoping that there's an opportunity that uh that we can move up to the bbl next year and uh and that would be a really cool deal but you know as far as play goes to answer your question uh you know I, the european ball is is very you, you got to play the right way to be successful um the teams that Move the ball well. Um, read plays well. Make, you know, good reads coming off of ball screens. Um, execution is, is huge in the European game. Um, a lot less one-on-one. You can't do it all yourself. Um, you know, that's, that's the big thing I've noticed is uh, it's just it, you got to be real sharp. You, you've got to, you know, know your teammates well and you got to execute.
0: Definitely team play emphasized. Uh, Germany, I know uh, you know, again, your your native roots, right? Grandfather uh, from Germany. So heading back to to Germany or was that your first trip there and and seeing, you know, where the where the Braun family may have may have started?
4: Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh it's crazy. Um Bremerhaven, um, so my grandparents on my on my father's side they both uh you know during world war ii they both left germany to go to the america from bremerhaven which is uh, wow. which is kind of wild yeah um you know which is is crazy also my uncle he left from germany to america from bremerhaven and uh wow. my grandfather was in the air force on my mom's side as well and he was uh you know he flew in to bremerhaven or you know came in on a boat and um, you know, spent some time there, you know, while he was in the Air Force as well. So it's kind of crazy that, uh, you know, I had a lot of family ties to the city and I'd never been to Germany before. That is. Um, so it was cool. It crazy. was really cool just to see the history and, and it's just, uh, it was a crazy coincidence.
0: Of course, uh, now from a personal standpoint, you mentioned your wife, Lee, and uh, you met, I believe, at GCU. She was a GCU volleyball player. Um, that experience with her has got to be tremendous to, to go to Australia, to Germany. And, and can you Kind of talk a little bit about, you know, how you met and if you did indeed meet on the campus and, and what that experience was like.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, she played volleyball. Uh, it was definitely training room love. You know, you, you run into each other <laughs> see each other every day. You know, they've got weights. We've got weights and uh, you always spend time in the training room and you get to, to talking with different people, get to meet a lot of different people. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how we fell in love, man. And, um, you know, it was, it's been really cool. We got married, you know, right when we we finished college. Um, we've been dating for a few years before that. And, and it was cool to, you know, just figure out marriage, just the two of us, you know, going on this adventure together, seeing, you know, we lived on three different continents in the first year of marriage, which is, uh, is something not many people get to do. And so that's been a cool experience for the both of us.
0: No doubt about it. Yeah. I don't think too many people can, uh, can claim that, that that's amazing. Of course, uh, again, just uh, your accolades on the court, of course, uh, 2014 to 15, that first season, and through 2017, 2018, tied with Baird Forest for the most games played at 122, most ever minutes. Um, You came in and overcame so much adversity uh, with the knee surgeries and and battle back, and man, uh, the havocs, you made them go crazy. Um, Guys like Scott Williams calling you the mayor. Uh, (laughs) Can you kind of encapsulate what you're what your time at GCU was, was like, um, just personally for you to be overcome as much as you overcome physically, overcame physically and, and all that you accomplished, uh, and the relationships that, that you built and, and that will last a lifetime.
4: Yeah. You know, and, you know, I'll say that time at GCU will always, you know, I'll never forget those moments. Uh, GCU will always hold a special place in my heart and, uh, you know, I just, one thing I have to say is just God is good. You know, I, I had, Mm. um, you know, plenty of opportunities to, to not play college ball because of the injuries and, um, you know, things could have gone sideways, but I think, uh, you know, I, I praise God that I had the opportunities that I had, that I was able to, you know, continue to play and, um, get a degree and, and be successful on the court. And so I owe it all to him there. And, um, but man, as far as the havocs go, um, just the people I've met at GCU, the relationships that I've made. I mean, you know, you mentioned it just a bit ago. I met my wife there, um, you know, playing on the court in, in that arena. Man, those are things that you'll never forget.
0: The uh, future. Are you heading back to Germany once, uh, I guess, normalcy returns and, uh, and another season uh, gets underway or the season resumes play?
4: Yeah, so I'm I'm training and, and preparing now. Uh, the team that I was with, Ice Baron, they um, they're interested in having me back. So I think that'd be great to to go there. I hope that they can uh, can move into the first league. They have to apply, and there's a whole process there. But uh, we plan on going back to Germany. Uh, most likely, we'll see you know what else the agent can come up with, and and then we'll make our decision from there.
0: Well, it sounds like a wonderful adventure uh, for both of you to experience together. And we can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Lopes Insider Podcast and wish you all the very best as always and, and hope to see you at GCU Arena at, at an upcoming game uh, when, when time allows in your schedule.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. And I appreciate that and
0: uh, you know, would love to be there. I appreciate you having me on the podcast, man. Paul, those are two great guests and interesting talks again this week. We thank Josh Braun and Ann Pearson for their time and how they represent GCU. As for the trivia, the time has expired. We asked, what two sports did GCU legend Dave Brazel coach besides baseball? Dave Brazel coached men's basketball and men's golf. He led hoops for 13 years and coached an NCAA Division II men's golf national runner-up back in 2000. Wow, that's impressive.
2: We need to tell uh, new coach Bryce Drew that there's an undefeated men's basketball season out there to catch. Brazel did it in 58-59. No basketball team from any four-year college in Arizona has done it since then.
0: Incredible uh, what he paved, the foundation that he built, the late, great coach Brazel. uh, He was so beloved uh, here at GCU and what, what a great, great foundation that he built.
2: Indeed, a uh, great man, and uh, we honor him all the time by going to Brazzle Field at GCU Ballpark. And I don't think there's a part of the campus he didn't touch educationally or athletically.
0: Well, it is time to wrap this episode up, Paul, with a look at what we can find on gculopes.com.
2: We're continuing our Meet the Newcomer series with men's basketball players, and you can learn more about Dima Zador. He's a transfer from Weber State, a very athletic big man uh, from originally from the Ukraine who went to high school in maryland before coming west and now come to the desert you can learn more about him in a feature and video interview and uh, social media splashes all through the week
0: well we'll definitely keep an eye on gclopes.com for all the latest news regarding gcu athletics but that'll do it for episode number six paul is always an honor and a privilege to join you wow that sounds very distinct i appreciate that yeah anything back that's kind of nice and
2: Your voice sounds just as good on a podcast
0: as it does on TV games. It caught me off guard with that. We do appreciate you tuning in and hope you'll join us again next week on the Lopes Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Lopes Insider Podcast presented by Commonwealth Insurance, the way insurance should be. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform and at gculopes.com slash podcast. Lopes Up!